When you came in, the air went out And every little shadow filled up with doubt I don't know who you think you are But before the night ends through I want to do bad things with you. Well, I'm the kind to sit up in his room. Heart sick and eyes filled up with blue. Don't know what you've done to me, but I know this much is true. I'm gonna do bad things with you. Shadows there fell off without. I don't know who you think you are, but before the night is through, I want to do bad things with you. I want to do bad things with you. Oh, I don't know what you've done to me, but I know this much is true. I want to do bad things with you. I want to do real bad things with you. The dulcet tones of Dan Rudge there. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Square Ride Syndrome. Tonight we are doing a deep dive into the HBO show True Blood. And thanks for that, Dan. That was awesome. Cheers. Amazing. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Dan has just played the entire theme tune to True Blood in his own inimitable style. And yeah. <laughs> um, so... As you can tell, I'm not Ben Gilman. I'm joined tonight by Troy Salmon. What's up? And obviously Dan Rudge. Hi, yes. So, Troy, where is Ben this evening? Ah, apparently he's um, gone trick-or-treating 
Um, oh yeah. my god, that boy's sugar habit is out of control. It's, it's really <laughs> bad. It's really bad. Um, um, it's, it's, right. all, it's, it's always always tough at this time of year. I I I actually do. Um, I I sort of sympathise quite a lot with his wife at this point. <laughs> You know, especially like the costume demands this year were ridiculous. What were the choices he wanted again? <laughs> oh, so I think it was a, a schoolgirl devil costume. That's what I heard. That was one. That was one. And then another one was a sexy minion. Oh, yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> That's another one. And Princess Lisa from Frozen, I think, was the third choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, whoever that. Is. Um, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I can't remember which one's which from that. I've never seen it. Oh, I'm going to get lynched for that, aren't I? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, they will. They're going to get you. Oh, well, I hope he has fun anyway and doesn't fall into too deep a sugar coma that, you know, he misses out in the next one. Exactly. And can we just say happy Halloween to everybody? Indeed. So, Super spooky season. Indeed. <laughs> but that is the reason why we've picked True Bloods, because we figured we'd go for something that had a little bit of a sort of horror, witchy feel to it. And seeing as Troy, Dan and I have all watched this show and all like this show, this is the one we picked. Love it. Love that True Blood. So, um... I guess the best thing to do is give a quick kind of overview of what True Blood is. It's a story about how vampires have, as they say, it come out of the coffin. They've announced themselves to the world. And it's about them sort of integrating into society and all the issues that come with that. It's across seven seasons and follows. Your main protagonist is a woman called Suki Stackhouse, who happens to be a telepath. You find out later on that's because she's actually a fairy, but... We'll get there. And well, she, a halfling. Yeah, so she's half fairy, but she's slightly more powerful than your average one because she's from a royal line, but we'll, we'll get to all of yeah, that. that one, yeah. <laughs> but obviously the most interesting thing is throughout this series, you've got series that it, it shows you that actually it's not just vampires are not the only supernatural thing. There's werewolves, there's werepanthers, there's witches... There's a whole slew of different possibilities and possibly the worst thing in the universe, human beings. <laughs> exactly, the human factor. Seriously, they're, they're the worst. worst. They are, they are the worst. The vampires at least understand what their nature is <laughs> and don't apologise for it. Or they do and they go and read them and they go and kill themselves. Werewolves keep themselves to themselves unless they're actually attacked. Yes. As a general rule, the witches don't do anything until they're provoked. The only ones who go after people, actively go after people, are humans. Yeah, literally, they're the ones who's tracking people down. They're like, we gotta kill them. Yeah. Well, well, anyway, yeah, so it basically follows Suki across seven seasons with a whole load of people who live in the same small town in Louisiana as she does. There's Two main vampires, there's Bill Compton, who becomes her love interest, and another vampire called Eric, who runs a vampire nightclub called Fantasia, which is one of the best names ever. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So what do we think, boys? Yeah, I love this show. And Eric, by the way, who he's a Scars guard. So anyone knows about the Scars guards? Yeah, he's one of the yeah. famous Scars guards people. Yeah, there you go. 
His, <laughs> his dad is pretty damn famous, and he's I think he's better than his dad as an actor, to be honest. But... Yeah, he's... Can I just... say two, two initial things about it, right? So as, as an entire body of work, this is one of the more consistent ones that you're going to find in this area, in this era of tier, yes. TV. Yep. It's really, like, even the weak parts of it, by and large, are places that you will go, okay, so in comparison, mm-hmm. this is weaker. But overall, this is still strong writing, strong mm-hmm. acting, strong cinematography. It's done very well. Solid. Which is also borne out by like the viewing figures, which stayed pretty much steady mm-hmm. after about season two. Yeah. It became like HBO's, which one of its most steady numbers runners ever. It was one of the ones where it was a little bit of a slow burn to start with, and then HBO showed faith in it, and yes. people just kept word of mouthing it, and it took off. To be honest, I think it was helped by the fact that Twilight <clears throat> blew up at that rough, uh, roughly that time as well. Okay, yeah, true. And also you had, what was it, Vampire Diaries was oh, also... Yeah, Vampire Diaries, yes. <laughs> had just come out at that time. So you had three or four shows. Oh, also, all... at that yep. point in time, the book craze was so different. Yes. Massive, yeah. True, true. Exactly yeah, because obviously the, these are these are based on True Blood is based on a book series, and Anne Rice was huge. Yeah, that's true. But... Teenager. And Charlene Harris, who wrote the uh, the Sucky Stock, mm-hmm. was it called the so- the Southern Vampire Mysteries? Isn't it? Yeah, it's the name of the series. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever read any of them? Um, I have. I I have friends who are massive fans of the books. Um, I've never read any of them myself, uh, but I hear basically fantastic writing. Once you start reading them, you kind of have to get to the end of it. I've read the first first one. My only big issue with it, and and it's done intentionally and it is well written, is that the character of Suki sounds, it's because it's from her perspective. She sounds so stupid. (laughs) Seriously, she like a proper ditzy blonde. Is how she's portrayed in her own thoughts and things in the book, and it's that's how it's written, it's how it's intended. Yeah, but it's kind of hard sitting there, especially when I came to it after watching the first season of True Blood, where Anna Paquin is such a fantastic actress, she can't just play stupid. Nah, <laughs> she could <laughs> do, but she had too many layers to the character for me. So I was sitting, <clears throat> sitting there reading it, going, "Yeah, this just." I'd rather watch the TV show, to be honest. Exactly. Not the TV, TV show, they constantly try and belittle her, but she's like, I'm not stupid all the time, like, throughout the entire yeah, show. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So, we've got to decide a way we're going to look at this. So, I think we kind of agreed that each series kind of has an arc of a particular baddie. A big bad. And there are some that follow the whole way through. I mean, Eric is questionable for much of this series. Yeah. Yeah. As is Bill, let's be fair. But, <laughs> but um, in every series, there's kind of a theme. So there, Then there's like vampire nature and then there's evil. Yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, I think Bill always was somebody who felt guilty for the fact he was a vampire, even if he yeah. was being a bit of a dick. No, I fully embraced it. Yeah. Well, I think Eric fully embraced the fact yeah, he did. He that did. that's why he'd been around for a thousand years. Yeah, exactly. 
he even said it one of one of the like, the one of the closing lines throughout the last couple of episodes. He goes, um, "I've been avoiding death for a thousand years." Yeah, that's what we've been doing exactly. You want to survive? <laughs> I mean, that, that's one of the things at the end of at the beginning of season seven. He's come to peace with the fact he's dying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those weird things. And then it's like he gets regalvanized and comes back full strength again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, season one, it's the setup is you've got somebody going around killing women who they believe have slept with vampires. And mm-hmm. they're yeah. trying to kill Suki. Yep, she won the main um, <laughs> They end up killing Suki's grandmother. They end up killing <laughs> yeah. um, two yeah. girlfriends of Suki's brother. <laughs> Three oh, girlfriends. Yeah, oh, yeah, two, two of them, isn't it? Yeah. Suki's brother. Uh, and, yeah. And it's kind of, once again, the, the nature of human beings. And that's... I don't know how you feel. That, that's, the, it turns out that the murderer is Jason, who is Suki's brother's best friend, a guy called Rene, whose real name is Drew. Yeah. Uh, I really like him as a bad guy, I have to say. I think it's a really well-written series. Yeah, great twist. In that Because you, you don't see him You never see it coming. came out as the bad guy. That's the thing, you never see it coming until he like, literally just switches like like on a, one day on the side of a road. He literally just, yeah. just turns like, you just, <laughs> I know it. Like, what the heck? Well, that's the thing, if you go back and watch it again Knowing he's the baddie, there are yeah, yeah. there are there are you you can pick up on it, but it's only because you're watching it with the benefit exactly. insight. It's one one of my favorite things about the way this is all done is the fact that there is so much enjoyment to be had from rewatching. So much, yeah, there is. Yes, because literally, right. I only watched like literally most of it, but then I went back again and I enjoyed it even more. The, the uh, one I, thing. I think Dan's going to say the same thing I am, but I'm going to let him have the floor for me. Well, <laughs> I don't like it as a binge. Yeah. As a se- season by season with breaks in the middle, nice. Bro. Uh, the you get to the whole thing binged. Hey, uh, I, 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 I binged it. I loved it. I, I binged it. I loved every second of it. I, I absolutely loved it, but I was finding myself watching other things just as much. Like seasons one to five of True Blood, I watched... I binged back to back i i was finding myself just fast forwarding over everything to do with sex and or blood and then i just found myself fast forwarding <laughs> over almost everything so basically you missed the entire episode half <laughs> yeah. oh my God. it doesn't shy away from the fact that it is quite camp in places there yeah. is a lot of blood there is a lot of sex in the show but that's kind of one of the things that makes vampires attractive, isn't it's it? It's vampires, yeah, exactly. Yeah, vampires are all about blood and sex, and it doesn't shy away from that. But it's true. Seven seasons on the spin of blood, sex, blood, sex, blood, sex is a little bit much. <laughs> Got a point. Yeah, you're right. It can't be. It can't be much though. I'm gonna Slightly lie. wigs you out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna lie. I fast forwarded some some bits of it. I'm gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, I fell asleep through one episode, woke up and went, no, I'm not going to rewatch that one. And just oh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw half the episode and then fell asleep. So I got the general gist of where we were going in the story. Yeah. That's the thing with this, this show. You can kind of kind of guess where certain parts are going. That's, the, that's, that's a good thing about but, it. I mean, here's the thing. I don't want to go through it season by season. I just 
going to quickly go. It's a number second season. It's a bunch of religious zealots are your main sort of bad guy. Yes. In two respects. No, in two respects. Because the. Oh, what's the word? Maynard. The Maynard is a religious zealot as well. Yes. In a different way. So it's all about religious zeal in sort of the exact opposite ends. The third season is all about kind of the hierarchy of vampires and what they will do because you're introduced to Russell Edgington, who is 3,000 years old. Yes. <laughs> which means he... And in this particular law of true blood, vampires get stronger the older they get. Yeah. The longer they live, the more powerful they become. So Russell Edgington can kick the crap out of pretty much anybody, <laughs> including Eric, who up until this point, we've always seen as like the strongest... Exactly. Uh, don't eat, don't with the exception the, of when we meet Godric in season two, but we'll yeah, yeah. to him because he's a cool character and deserves to be spoken about. Yeah, he's amazing. Love his character. Uh, season four is all about witches. Mm. Season five is I'm trying to remember what happened with season five. Is that the yeah, authority? Russell again. Oh, that's the authority. Russell again. That's the authority and Russell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah his return. Which is where we also get introduced to Salome, who's kind of one of the big baddies of the series. Yeah. As in Salome from the Bible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they called her Salome Agrippa, didn't they? But uh, anyway, that's yes. by the by. Number six, the big bad is... Well, it's a mixture of Bill <laughs> and... Um, it's it's Russell, really. No, 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 not season six. Not oh, season six. Season six, the big bad guy is Bill and uh, the governor... The, the, the governor of Louisiana... Oh yeah, the gov. Yes, the gov. The, the um. Ah, oh, what's his name? The glasses on. The gov. Yeah, you know who I mean. Yeah, we'll we come, really yeah. <laughs> come back to him. Yeah, and he's then season... to stop the vampires. Yeah. Season seven is well. There's not exactly a proper bad guy. Basically, the dickhead governor <laughs> in season six has infected the entire True Blood stock with a. Uh, illness called hepatitis v which kills vampires but <laughs> kind of slowly and they can get infected and they can infect other people and they become more powerful just before they completely collapse even though they get knackered very easily yeah and it takes about a month or month or two for them to die from hep v so basically they are the bad guys in season seven is these hep hepatitis v vampires <laughs> but it's kind of not their fault that they're... <laughs> it's still the fault of the bald twat from the previous series, even though he's dead. Yeah, he's still, still the knock-on effect. He's still there. Yeah. And so it's kind of Sarah Newland as well, who is a character who reappears regularly in this show. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah. I'm really interested. Who is your favourite... Of all of those kind of baddies that appear through the whole thing, who is the one that you kind of enjoy? What's the season that kind of gets you? Because it's got the best... Protagonist and antagonist to it. Oh, what's my favorite? Also, my, my favorite villain. I mean, yeah, sort of. Yeah, it could be more than one, but I I have to have to jump in here and just go straight for season three and Russell Edgington. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of another one, but I'm like, it has to be Russell Edgington. Season three's Russell Edgington in particular. Yes, yes, it that version. Yes. That point, wherever he turns up on live TV, just <laughs> suddenly and rips out the anchor's spine, and then is just like sits down and makes a public announcement. That is, 
That's one of the highlights of the entire show. And now for the weather. Tiffany? <laughs> Tiffany? <laughs> right. I'm not going to lie. This is half made by the fact that there's such a great relationship between him and Talbot. Talbot is a great character. I'm, I'm Talbot not... as a support to Russell in this series yeah. as a character <laughs> is flawless. He's phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. He's a good character. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, the I think we should explain that Talbot is Russell Edgington's gay vampire lover, yeah, and has been with him for the last eight hundred years. He was a human that Russell turned because he wanted to spend eternity with him, and he unfortunately gets his head ripped off by um, Eric. Eric, whilst Eric is having sex, <laughs> if memory if memory serves. Yes, yeah, pretty much <laughs> in order to be able to get a. A crown that's from Eric's past. Yeah. That's like the main right there and then. That's the immediate thing he gets from the act. He also completely pisses off Russell, who then advances all of his own plans and opens up weaknesses, which they used to take him down that time. Well, the weakness is that he wants to walk in the daylight and drink the blood of a fairy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a fairly big weakness, in fairness, because they the only fairy that you meet through a lot of the series or Halfling, is... Um, so, I completely forgot a baddie from season six. Warlow. Yeah. Oh, my God. One of my favourite characters. I absolutely love Warlow. Brilliant character. Oh, so short let's, let's just... <laughs> let's put Warlow down as more of a force of nature than a baddie. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he's not bad. He's not good. He's kind of... He's trapped between the two. Yeah. 6,000-plus years, apparently, he's been around. So, yeah. Well, yeah, he is he is the oldest vampire you meet in the show. Yeah. <laughs> By quite some distance, he is the oldest. Although he's not the oldest um, character you meet. Being, no. <laughs> no, the oldest being you meet is actually... Um... Lilith. No, Marianne. Oh, yeah. Never... Oh, yes. Lilith, you... Lilith, you never technically meet. She never actually really kind of like yeah, ethereal almost, yeah. She she appears as a as a vision, whereas an actual physical character, Marianne mm. is older than Russell, she's older than Warlow, she's been around since God knows when. Yeah, she's from Greek mythology, essentially. Her death is the best scene in season two. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I was so annoyed with her character by the time she died that I really wasn't that bothered. Almost. That, that sounds really stupid, but I I'm just. Sorry, what do you mean? What do you mean? I just wanted rid of her by that point. She was annoying me. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not to be a knock on the actress because she's fantastic. No, she's awesome. Yeah. I mean, everything she's been in, she's been a flipping revelation. I know. That's but the character doing. was that damn annoying. Yeah, oh, she did get annoyed after a while. She did. She did. Also, of all the sort of main-ish characters, my least favorite is Tara. Is Tara? Yeah. Oh, at least not not because I don't like her, but I I'm more interested in Suki's survival, in Eric's survival, in Bill's survival, and for me, Lafayette falls into that category of people. I'd rather see all of them survive than Tara. Tara. Oh, how can I describe this? She represents every redneck thing that there possibly could be. Okay. <laughs> I get what you mean. I get. I actually she, get what you mean because she's kind of overbearing at times. I get what you mean. 
there is there is an element to Tara which um someone um educated me on a little while ago yeah. where she is basically and this is something I don't have much experience of. She's a parody of the young, angry black girl that's a very sort of Jim Crow style parody. And yeah. at the same time, she in the show is the most angry at anything that has anything to do with that girl. Yeah, it's true. Most of the time she's shouting at people. Most of the time, 99% of the time she's shouting I mean, at people. I've got to admit, the first time you meet her when she's got that woman, when she's serving in that shop. Yeah, yeah. That's a brilliant scene. You I love that scene. I told my mom that scene as well. She was like, that, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I just thought, okay, this character is going to be interesting, and then she kind of didn't live up to my expectations as much as I hoped she would. Yeah, she kind of. When she when she becomes a vampire, yes, she's fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they gave her more scope when they made her a vampire. Yeah, she excelled in that role in the vampire. Yes, role. absolutely. Yeah, and it also it massively improved um, Pam as a character. Yeah, gave her some her relationship, which she'd been very one-dimensional before that. Yeah. Of she does what Eric tells her to, and yeah, that's probably my <laughs> my favorite thing about that whole relationship is how much it opened up looking into what Pam was all about because she'd always been a strong character. Yes. Like but very one-dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I have to say this because I will come back to it more, but. Lafayette Reynolds is one of the best developed characters on TV I have ever seen. All the props in the world have to go to Nelson Ellis for creating <laughs> the character. Because I, I assumed, and it's a testament to him, I assumed that the guy playing the character must be gay. That's our boy, yeah. But I've read about it, Nelson Ellis, when the way, the way he got to the walk, the move, the style, is... He copied his mum and his sister <laughs> and then put his own spin on it. Basically, he was being a mixture of his mum and his sister all yeah. the time. And I just thought, you know what, fair enough. And he he didn't believe he could do it. You read any articles with him, he didn't think he had the skill to make to bring that character to life. Yeah, exactly. But fuck me, he really did. I've never seen anyone... Wrong place at the that. wrong fucking time ought to be my middle fucking name. I still... <laughs> <laughs> my favorite scene in the in the in Merlots against them those rednecks. The AIDS burger <laughs> scene. My favorite scene the whole show. I don't care. Hamburger comes with tomato, lettuce, and AIDS. <laughs> I'm making food again. You gotta eat it. I'm making. Just chance him and throws the food in their face. I love it. But also the fact that he's unbelievably strong. Exactly, he's powerful. He's against every, you look at him and you go, oh, he's got the eyeliner, he's got... That's the thing, he's the beating people up. He's going to be a queen. And then somebody actually tries their luck. And <laughs> oh, shit, that didn't work. He beat three up at once on that table. It was crazy. He beat all three yeah. of them up at once. But that's what I liked about the character. It was massively empowering. Yeah. Also the fact they gave him the thing of being a, a medium as well. Exactly, yes. well, brilliantly, it developed his character. I mean, oh, I can't remember the quote exactly, but it's "I ain't Google, I ain't Google for dead bitches." <laughs> oh, it's possibly one of the best lines in the whole show. <laughs> but no, Lafayette is totally one of my favourite characters. 
when I, I was kind of looking at it and I was thinking, at the, I, after watching the first series, I was trying to predict who I thought might become vampires at some point. Yeah. And Lafayette was top of my list. And he never does. And I can't, I'm like, okay. I'd kind of marked him down as this guy is definitely going to end up becoming a vampire at some point. Yeah, that's what you think, though. But I, 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 after, like, the first season, I was like, nah, they're not going to turn him. He's just going to keep... He's going to have that role, but he's just going to be there or everywhere, but never be a vampire. He's just going to be like a straight... I, I thought they might, until they gave until they gave him the medium thing. And I thought, okay, that's what his thing is going to be. Because until that point, he was just that that hardcore but flamboyant character. Yeah. And I thought that can last for two or three years, and then it'll get boring. And then... So when they brought in the whole he's a medium, like, oh okay, that yeah. that that will be his thing, and that will play through because it does play through massively. In yeah. I don't think it really comes into play in season seven, but no, it doesn't really come into play like in that. Four, yeah. five, and six, him being a medium plays a massive role. Yeah, half the time he's getting possessed. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it leads to Dan's least favorite storyline or his saddest storyline in True Blood. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> The one, the one, oh, Terry. Terry's one of my favorite characters in True Blood. Ah, oh, Terry. Terry's <laughs> one of my absolute favorite characters in True Blood. He's yeah, just he's a great character. so good. The man with PTSD. And I, it absolutely destroyed me, his last storyline. Yeah. Got me. That got me too. I was like, oh, it's, it's the fact that he plays the happy version of Terry that you've never seen so well in those last five minutes. Yeah. Like the perfect husband. <laughs> Experience is washed away and then he just gets gone. I could... One of the characters I liked but I kind of expected them to get killed at some point was Andy Belflow. Oh, Andy. Oh, Andy. Oh, Andy. <laughs> I got Andy. I, 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 I had love Andy. Taken out I love Andy's one of my favourites as well. You're mentioning all my favourite characters. Here. Yes. <laughs> oh no! Don't get me wrong. I love Andy as a character. I didn't like him in the first series. Yeah. But as it went on, I, beca- I came to like him more and more. And this is going to sound really, really bad because I do like Chris Bauer, the actor. Okay. But I think my big thing against him was that I remembered him from the film Devil's Advocate. Oh, okay. Where <laughs> I, have you seen the film Devil's Advocate? Yeah. You know he's the guy being defended for kiddie fiddling at the oh, beginning yeah. of the film. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. And so I looked at him and went, oh, it's that kiddie fiddler. And it's like, actually, no, that's Chris Bauer. He's an actor. He's a perfectly normal... I'm completely oh putting a character he's already paid 10 years earlier onto <laughs> this guy. I love Andy. I just want to see him win. I'm like, come on, Andy, you got this, man. You got this. Well, the fact he ends up impregnating a, f- a fairy is just... Only he could do that by mistake. The whole story now was amazing. It's like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going now. Take care of the kids. He's like, what? <laughs> so I'm so good. She just walks off. <laughs> Literally walks off and leaves it with about how many kids? It's great. Yeah, there's four of them in there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. Yeah. So let's try and bring this back a little bit. Yeah, go on. Let's go through some of these characters. So we we spoke about Lafayette. I imagine both of you have opinions on Lafayette. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, just the best character in any of the series overall yeah. with the only real possible contender for the crown going to Eric. <laughs> oh, Eric is a, such a... Oh, oh, Eric. Oh, he's so good. Eric is so, such a good character. 
I loved long haired Eric was epic, bro. That long hair, I was like, <laughs> long haired Eric is a man. My fav, my favorite scene with Eric is definitely you know in the second series when they go looking for Godric. Yeah. And that guy blows up their nest. Yeah. The and he he's been trying for a season and a half to get Suki to take his blood. Yeah. And he convinces her to suck a bullet out. Oh of yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was awesome. That was brilliant. But the best bit of it is when Bill comes back in, the grin on his face, he's got his hands <laughs> on his head. Grin and Suki can't see him because she's still pulling, getting the bullet. <laughs> like, give me a minute, I'm just taking the bullet out. He's grinning the entire time. And then Bill says to her, "He'll be able to, he'll be able to feel your emotion." She turns around and shouts at him, "You giant a hole!" Like, right, Bill, I can feel her emotions. She smacks him as well whenever she says it. <laughs> you know, you, you I think no, you're Bill, right. I think you're like, right. I can sense her emotion. <laughs> It's just what is the I first like time I looked at Eric and thought, what a character. Oh from goodness. a little bit earlier in that series, <laughs> there's one bit where um, Sufi and Eric are sneaking in to, uh, in some kind of way that they're like snuck into the like zealotry church thing looking for Eric's maker. And she does turn to Eric and goes, but he's your maker. He turns back to her and goes, don't use words you don't understand. But you love him. And there's just this beat, and then he goes, Don't use words I don't understand. Considering that he actually doesn't appear that much on screen in the first two seasons, he no, built know. a hell of a character. Exactly. You're six days in the chair. Your imagination, you, you notice him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, if we're talking about vampires, I think we need to talk about Bill. Yeah. Bill Compton. I can never make up my mind about Bill as a character. Ah, yeah, he's, he's, ah. I know what you mean. I want to like him. I really, truly do. He's and I hate the fact that he dies at the end. Yeah, that, that well, got me, man. I was sad, man. I was like, oh, great. No, he's gone, man. He's gone, he's gone. Yeah, that was really sad. It was well done. Very well done. Yeah, very well done. But I mean, the, the chemistry between um, Stephen Moyer and Anna Paquin is palpable from moment one and that's partly because of good acting yeah but the two of them ended up dating each other after the very first episode yeah and getting they're married with a couple of kids now so that sexual tension that's there is very real yeah. between those two the, the chemistry exists in, on a completely natural level perfect casting I right? perfect like mm. chemistry right there perfect I mean, Anna Paquin was such a good piece of... Because she's the only, like, properly big name. Yeah, really, yeah, technically, yeah. She, in she truth, like, there's very yeah. rarely, like, really big actors in No, them. yeah, you've, you've got a point, yeah. Some of them have gone on to do big things after. Yeah. Like, um, the woman who plays Dawn, who... The second victim of the murder in season one. She then played uh, Wolverine's girlfriend in X-Men Origins a year yeah. later. Oh yeah, she was, she? yeah, <laughs> yeah, but not very, very few of those actors are actually like properly famous. They've all they've all got reasonably successful careers, but Alexander Skarsgård is probably the only other relatively famous person who actually is in True Blood. The rest of them have become famous because of True Blood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
technically Skarsgård he was going to be big regardless. He was already doing good, decent movies, but the others are <laughs> on the cusp. I mean, I'm guess, I'm guess Ryan Quentin obviously was known for like Home and Away and shit. Yeah, that was a massive Vinny and Home and Away. I, mean, I remember I always remember watching yeah, it. So, so in Britain, we kind of knew who he was. Yeah, we know. Home and Away is virtually unknown in America. Yeah. So when he came on screen in Britain, we were all going, isn't that the bloke from Home and Away? What the fuck? <laughs> Stephen, Mo- Stephen Moyer was mm. a jobbing actor until he got True Blood. Yeah. He was. He he moved out to LA for a couple of years. He was about to give up and move back to London when he got offered the role in True Blood. Started. He literally decided that he couldn't afford to live in LA anymore and he was just going to go back to London. Yeah. When the biggest role of his career appeared. Okay, the car. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure they used Anna Paquin's star name to get the show made yeah sure. getting her getting her into the cast was can, can we just point out that she is like it's she's not just a big name she's fucking brilliant in there oh she's an amazing actress she's that's, been, that's she's the truth every, every second of what she said you don't believe it fantastic yeah. character yes in this and a brilliant actress in general um, Even yeah. down to the walk, you know, she does the walk. She puts the arms out. And she's walking down somewhere. <laughs> she looks so ditzy when she walks. It's true. Actually, yeah. I love. <laughs> no, I it's love true. you, man. True. Such a character actor. I love her. She's amazing. There's one other character. I, I mean, I'm, Jason, I like, but they basically play along the he's kind of stupid. Yeah, the jock line. <laughs> jock handle. Yeah. Seven seasons. He's kind of stupid and knows how to fuck. That's a. I can't. <laughs> I can't help but like think that he's just a really cool character anyway, and the things they do manage to do with him are kind of cool in the way he interacts with the world. Mm. <laughs> like he is this sort of we're going to create a little bit of chaos here. Yeah, try Jason at it. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. He's one of the crucial characters for the whole series because he's one of the main people you kind of see things happen through. But there's one character who we haven't spoken about who I actually really, really like. And you're supposed to like him. That's the whole point of him, is Hoyt. Hoyt yeah. Fortenbury. Hoyt. One Absolutely love his character. One of my boys, Hoyt. First series, I thought, yeah, he's just a bit of a... He's just part of a road crew. Nothing to him. Yeah. But him and... Um, yes. Jess, yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the actress. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? I know her name as well. What is her name? She oh, was on. another breakout star. Yes. Oh, she's very much so. Yes, yes. What was her name? Sorry. Uh I'll, I'll try to find it now. I'll just I'll respond to what Dan said. Uh, what's her name? I'll try to find it now. Gosh, I actually know what it is, but I literally forgot it. Yeah. I watched watch a lot of Daredevil, so I know her name, but I, like, I forgot her. <laughs> Oh, Deborah Ann Wong. There we go. There we go. She's bloody... I absolutely hated her character in the mm. first series. <laughs> but she developed into such a good character. Yeah. Such a mature and sensible character as well. Absolutely yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> she's a good character, I've got to admit. She's a great character. It's kind of um, the, um, <laughs> the Jason and I'm Hoyt feud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, what else? I'm just trying to. 
Obviously, we haven't spoken about Sam, who's a shapeshifter. Oh, Sam. Sam Rola. Sam's always sort of on the cusp of sort of being a favourite character and never quite makes it. Yeah, yeah, he's an integral character to the story, but he's never... Yeah, you don't dislike him, but you're not invested fully in him. He becomes, he becomes better when he stops being the, like, mooning over sucky guy. Yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a point, yeah. Once he stops doing that, he's always fine. Kind of forge his own path after that. <laughs> and he's always kind of like the hero. When you think about it, he's always doing stuff that's he's saving the day in, in, in his own way, but no one kind of, kind of says, says anything about it when you think about it. He's that background guy almost the time. Until like the last season. Mm. Yeah. I So I'm intrigued. Out of all the seasons, which ones are people's favourites? If you had to pick one season that Really, Ooh. is your favorite favorite? Damn, I think the I'm aware I'm asking a different question. There's one other thing I was going to say the, uh, the character of Marnie in season four, the witch. Oh, yeah, you know, the, the leader of the coven. Oh, yes, yeah. The thing that always gets me about that is she looks so much like, um, oh. It's a different actress, but she looks a lot like somebody else. She looks like um Oh wait, wait, I know what you're gonna say. I think I know what you're gonna say. Harry Potter's to... stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Dursley. She looks so much like Mrs. Dursley. Oh my god. And I kinda of go, and it's a witch who looks like Mrs. Dursley. And I know it's not the same actress. Petunia Dursley. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same actress, but they look so similar. I, no, I thought you were gonna say um, what's it um, what do you call it um, Scully from um X Files? No. Badly, oh my especially god! Now, especially nowadays, she looks like her badly now. She does. <laughs> I, I think someone who's listening is about to make a meme of that. <laughs> of what? Of that of Petunia Dursley, <laughs> Marnie, and. <laughs> They do Scully. look. I know it's not the same person, but they do look similar. Oh no! If you put them face together, Harry Scully it looks literally the the bone structure. Literally similar. Oh, You're never gonna get me to agree to that one. Oh yeah, I, I gotta do it. I gotta do a picture by picture at some point. I'm gonna show you guys. Oh, I will never right, ever. Right. Ever, right. Ever. right. <laughs> so to answer your question, Tom. Yes. Said it before, and I'll say it again. Season three. Oh no! Wait, sorry, I'm wrong. It is the woman who plays Petunia Dursley. Wait, it is Fiona Shaw. Oh, wait, that's what I'm saying, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah it is Mrs. Dursley. Oh. There you go. There you go. So the fact that the most I had anti- no idea. The most I didn't anti- remember literally at all. The most anti-magic character in the Harry Potter series plays a witch in the True Blood. <laughs> no, but technically, the- she wasn't really magical in the first place. She just got possessed. No, no, she was already a witch because she managed to make that bird come back to life before the possession. Well, but technically, was it? Was it? Or was it Lafayette's abilities? Nah, it was her. No, it was her. Sure, I don't know. Yeah, sure, I don't know. It kind of—it was all right until technically Lafayette kind of joined in. Remember, he joined the hands at the last minute and he woke yeah, up. Yeah, maybe that's that's kind of like maybe his it was a tease to Lafayette's abilities. Maybe, maybe the fact that Lafayette was there and he was actually quite powerful, yeah. kind of allowed her to be more powerful in that space. But it was her who did it. Hmm. 
She got the she got the basics down. Yeah, she got the basics down. Yeah, she she was a witch who knew what she was doing. She just wasn't an all powerful witch. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you got Jesus, who's a powerful Bruja, and uh, Lafayette. Well, the Bruja, the female one. Bruja, no, I do apologize. I I humbly ask for your forgiveness there. Just, just in case for the Hispanic viewers out there. <laughs> I do apologize. I humbly offer my apologies and my I cannot apologize enough. I feel ashamed to have made <laughs> such a mistake. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Tom. You're good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go <yeah>, on. <laughs> Yeah, that's just an aside. Anyway, as a, the question I was asking <laughs> was, what is your favourite season of True Blood? Oh my god, I'm literally trying to it's so hard because I love the Renee storyline, but I'm like, I don't know if I should give it to season one though. I'm just like, it was good. I'm like, I'm so conflicted between one and three. I, I, I just. Okay, you know what? I'll give it Russell to Russell Edgington. Uh, you know what? That's a fucking scary. You no, know I'm gonna give it to Russell, man, because I love. It. There was a scene when Russell was just standing there in the middle of the room when um Bill tried to attack him. He was on his shoulders. He literally sat on his shoulders and he shrugged his shoulders. And he went flying to the wall. I was like, yo, I love that scene. That's season five, isn't it? Uh, no, no, because it's when he um first meets him, isn't it? In season three. No, because he's on a horse when he first meets him in season three. Oh, but does he fight him? Was that season five? Are you sure? Or season five? Season five, season five is when he's in the authority room about to be executed and then jumps on somebody. No, it was it was a point in season three where he tries to attack him. Was, he, he tries to attack him early. Um, yeah, it was it was it was, a, it was, a, it was a, there was a point in season three, I remember it. It was a point in season three. Sh- it was late in season three though, but he, he tried to attack him at some point. I shall take your word for it. I, I think he did. Not- I think he did. I think he did. Come, come! Remember season five? I'm like, he tried to attack him, but I don't think he was. I think he tried to attack him early. That's when he realized how powerful he was. See, I dislike Ross Legington, so I don't pay as much attention to him. So yeah, <laughs> I remember he just literally done this move. And I was like, yo, this guy's amazing. Yeah, I kind, I was kind of annoyed that there was somebody cooler than Eric. That yeah. was the thing that annoyed me about it. Yeah. Was he was a guy Mine who didn't have to, he didn't have to shout. He didn't have to do anything. Yeah. He just was that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> he was the man. Russell was that dude. Uh, yeah. Just that, that that bit that you said before that one that mine is the true face of vampire. Why would we seek equal rights? You are not our equals. We will eat you after we eat your children. Children, time yes. for the weather. <laughs> Stephanie? <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Eat your children, eat. Oh my days! I thought of <laughs> no. When you said I'll eat you, I thought of Matt Hardy for some reason. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll eat you. I think it's where he got it from. He got it from Russell Edgerton. I'll eat you. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> I've never thought of it, but yeah, <laughs> it's just the way he said it. I was like, that's Russell Edgerton right there. Oh. <laughs> okay, so Dan. Yeah. What would be your favourite season then? Oh no, it's three. It's hands down three. three. Okay, I'm 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 with Dan. I'm I'm free. It's absolutely hands down three. I actually really like season six, weirdly enough, Hmm. because Warlow I think is a brilliant character. Warlow. You get introduced to uh, Rutger Hauer 
Yes, to the man, not the hour. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> the legend himself. Yes. Um, yeah. They, and although there's some weaknesses to the storyline, Bill kind of being the sort of baddie but not a baddie mm. at the same time is really interesting. The idea that humans have actually managed to fight back against vampires and the vampires are on the back foot is really interesting. You know that Bill is going to end up saving them somehow, but it's interesting to see how it all happens. Yeah. And then, like I said, Warlow is such a beautifully complex character. Yeah, he is complex. I've got to admit, he was complex, yeah. But the thing is, he actually doesn't lie to... I was looking back at it. You know the first time Sookie meets him, he's lying on the side of the road having been attacked by a vampire? Yeah. And she asks him what he is, and he says he's a halfling. That's not a lie. No, it's not a lie. Technically, he was, yes, he was telling the truth. <laughs> he isn't actually lying at all. He tells her he's a halfling. She just assumes it's half human, half half fairy. Yeah. <laughs> so te- yeah, technically, yeah. He, he so actually, he do- he doesn't. He lies about being attacked by a vampire, but you could claim that he spent his whole life being attacked by that side of his personality. Yeah. So yeah. So technically, you could you could spin it that way. So that you could spin that all of it to say it, that he never lied to her. Yes. Apart from yeah. telling her his name was Ben rather than Warlock, but. <laughs> After that, yeah, you got, yeah, you got a point, you got a point. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stretching it slightly, but I actually, yeah, yeah a little bit, but I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. But as a character, I think is such a, the idea that this is a person who light and dark live in constantly, and he's a constant battle with himself yeah, to be stuff. the the good guy, and yet then goes and kills like eighteen fairies in one move. <laughs> goes and eats an entire room full of fairies basically killing out his own race in the process. Yeah, she wiped out the entire race. Literally, all the fairies who managed to get onto the earthly plane are wiped out by him. Yeah. <laughs> he's just erased his own people, but at the same time, he's just like, wow, this is Skyrock. But then he's obviously got a moral code because he won't kill Gahara's character. Yes, he won't. Yeah, he won't. And he saves Jason when Jason hurts himself. And like, so he's obviously got a morality, a good morality to him. Yeah, he's but not the, this dark. I mean, I saw an interesting argument the other day because you know how, towards the end of that series, he become he becomes quite nasty and actually ends up like properly hitting Sookie yeah. and stuff like that, which he wouldn't have done earlier. And yeah. I read a, a theory that says you know how Eric drinks loads of his blood. And then is able to walk in the sun. The argument suggesting that he, that Eric drank like ninety percent of the Fae side of him, so the majority of what was left in him was the vampire side, which is why he becomes yeah. more aggressive. Interesting. In, cool. that, in those last, because he's been drunk, he's had most of his light drunk out of him by Eric. Yeah, you got cool though. So I mean, I don't know if that is the case, but I thought that was quite an interesting argument for that theory. Yeah, because I I thought the first time I watched it, I thought this is just a plot device to make us dislike him. So when they kill him, we're less bothered. Yeah, and I thought that's really convenient. Just at the moment when you need to end his character, he becomes violent. There you go. That's convenient. But then looking back at it, actually, you know what? If you looked at it that way, that does it makes it a more compelling ending. It does. Anyway, yeah, that's just, for me, season six, because of Warlow and all the intricacies of human beings fighting back, is my favourite season, I think. Okay. 
But I'd also argue for season one every time it's so good. The first season. Yeah, season one is so good. So <laughs> damn good. So damn. That's why I was conflicted. I mean, I am really so conflicted. It might be a bit difficult to get through, but like for me, season six is a really good show. But I like season five. I yeah. do. Like I season three is the clear winner for me, but then <laughs> season five is kind of the follow up, follow up to that. Yeah. Well, season is... five, see that Bill is a proper asshole. Yeah, he's he's the one who comes up with the bombing of the True Blood Factory, which is what sets off all the shit for season six and seven. Set off by Bill's behaviour in season five. And Eric becomes the moral compass. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, it was a complete turn in his head (laughs) after that, but it was crazy. (laughs) Start following Eric everywhere. He's a good guy. Yeah, but it was just weird because Bill's always been. Like the moral compass of the vampires. If yeah. he thinks something is bad, you know it's bad. Kind of yeah. situation. He's the, he's the he's the vampire who has a conscience, and then he's the one who comes up with the most horrific thing to do imaginable. <laughs> it's like, but I thought it made it quite interesting. The idea that if you live long enough as a vampire, you'll go through phases of being good and being bad. Exactly. It's almost like Bill was going back to a. Fuck it, vampires are better than everyone else. Phase in his existence. <laughs> it's like that Batman phrase, what is it? Um, be, um, be the good guy, but you live long enough to become the villain. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And when you're a vampire, you do that many times over. Exactly. Yeah. Back and forth. <coughs> Fair. That's that was my feeling anyway. Okay, so to push on, does anyone have like a favorite quote or a favorite scene, particularly? Oh, really? Okay. I'm, ready. I'm ready for I'm ready for you guys. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. So, I literally, I literally, I literally put this in my in my phone. I literally, I was like, as soon as I saw the scene, I was like, yeah, get my phone out. Trust me. Okay, so you know, you know, Steve, my boy, Steve. Steve Newland. Yes. <laughs> Steve, we haven't touched on him properly yet, but Steve, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, we haven't we haven't been yeah. fair to him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows Steve's is one of my favourite characters. He just cracks me up every time he's on screen. He cracks me up. Well, that's when he turns to a vampire. It's really quite enjoyable to see him burn at the end of season five, <laughs> <Yes>. six. <laughs> like, give me a taste. Just a little bit. <laughs> and then his final words, I love you, Jason Stackhouse. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way she was waiting, she was like, oh, yes, he's going to say it. I love you, Jason Stackhouse. <laughs> 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 no, but that wasn't my favourite scene, though. Well, my, yeah, my, yeah, favorite sorry, scene, yeah, my favourite scene was, Steve, you know he's on the, the hamster wheel, the running wheel. <laughs> On the wheel, and Sarah's like, "Wait a second And then he goes, "Run past He's like, "I'm going as fast as I can." And then she goes, "It's scientifically impossible to be this slow." I was dying. <laughs> I was dead. For the rest of the rest of the day, I was finished. <laughs> oh my favorite scene! Oh my I, god! I, I do love that scene, but I love the ending of that scene because yeah. it shows what an absolute pussy he is. Yeah. <laughs> because at the end of it, because every time she asks him a question, he's like, "No, I'm not going to tell you." UV lights. All right, all right, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but it shows you that he never checked whether there was a UV light. So the end of it goes, "We don't even have a UV light rigged up in this room." So he never <laughs> even had the balls to once test whether it was. I know. He wanted to risk it. <laughs> oh my god! Just just absolute cowardly pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. Oh my god, Steve was the man. Yeah, so Steve Steve Newland 
it's yeah. I, I also, what do you think of Nan Flanagan as a character? Oh, Nan. This is us getting into the more niche characters. Yeah, the niche ones. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like Nan. She's a proper hip. Yeah. <laughs> I. I know she just screams of that sort of. Look how upwardly mobile I am. Yeah, she's a political animal. Yeah, strict. I just, I generally dislike those kind of people. Yeah. yeah so Dan, stuff. I, 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 forgot, I failed to ask your favourite scene or. Oh yeah, go on that. Quotes <laughs> both. <laughs> I got gout of the dick. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a few of them. Like, there's the Hoyt classic. You should try the chicken fried steak because it's like a chicken and a steak got together and made a baby. It's delicious, crispy baby. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, it's a thing, man. I loved it. My, no, no, hang on. I have one more, all right? Because oh, no, no, it's it's Bill, it's Bill and Pam. Yeah. And Bill's just going, tell me, do you enjoy living halfway up his backside the way you do? And Pam's like, yes, it's nice. You should try it sometime. <laughs> I've written that so much right now. I've got too much, but I'm gonna say two, probably two no, more. Go, go for it, Troy. Come on. I'm gonna say two. I'm gonna say two more. <laughs> oh, one was where it's, it's literally these. These are all Jason. These are cracks. These are all Jason lines right here. So literally, when Jason goes, she got my phone. Um, goes why the um, by the Obama mask? Remember the the the, the cot woman? She was saying why mm. the Obama mask when they were wearing <laughs> disgusting. And then Jason goes, it's because they don't want to be recognized. And then she goes, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all stupid stuff. I love it. I love it. The, the last one, he goes. Um, I think it was in the yeah, it was in the car with um Rucker Howard. Yeah, his character, the, the granddad. So he yeah. goes, um, <laughs> you know when his parents were like literally evil when they came back in spirit form. And Jason goes, um, yeah, my uh, my parents have gotten kind of racist and scary since we went to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> that killed me as well. Those two lines yeah. are funny. Oh, Old Jason right there. Jason's got the line. Uh, Jason, Jason's got some brilliant lines. I mean, I think my favourite one with him is, I didn't think I was smart enough to get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Also, oh, I've got I've got another one from Pam. Any 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 more quotes? Just come on. <laughs> you don't know me that well. My angry face and <laughs> yeah. my happy face are the same. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one right there. <laughs> she plays that role so well, Pam. <laughs> yeah, so she drags her words as well. I love it. I'm so over Suki and her fa- precious fairy vagina and her unbelievably stupid name. <laughs> That's Pam. <laughs> and then every time Suki on the problem comes, she goes, Suki again. Pam <laughs> just had enough of her. I love it. Another Jason one is a tree fa- if a tree falls in the woods, it's still a tree, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. 
It's good. <laughs> I think he said one of the lines as well. I think he got one of the words wrong in one of the other lines he said. I'm trying to remember what he said. I think, it's, I think he was supposed to say persevere, but he goes, prescription. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> he said the most random words. He can't find the right one. Sometimes you need to destroy something to save it. That's in the Bible or the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's got the lines, though. I haven't got that. <laughs> I do quite like the, um, you know, when Lafayette gets asked to go into Sookie's bathroom to find out the spirit, he just goes, creepy spirit thing. Why are you in Sookie's bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> just waving his hands about. <laughs> I, just, I just love Lafayette's just reactions. That's, that's all I need to see, just his reactions to everything. You know uh, what? Sookie a... has one or two really good lines. Yeah. I mean... The two, the two that I really love are um, I can't remember the whole lead up to it. A vampire wants to bite me. A werewolf's after me. Must be Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. But my favourite one is when she's talking to Alcide, you know, the werewolf. Yeah. For a badass werewolf, werewolf you drive like a girl. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like a grab at the speed limit? Alcide as well. Oh can I get, get, completely switch it around and just say one of oh, my yeah. favourite um, a lot of my favourite points don't have to do very much with the lines so much as the portrayal of one particular character yeah. who as I, it, in terms of all the side characters is my absolute favourite, Godric uh, Godric is an awesome, awesome character Godric Anything Godric has anything to do with it is absolutely great. Maybe explain who Godric is. Okay, so we've spoken about Eric. Eric is seen as being this massively powerful thousand-year-old vampire. He's the sheriff of the area in the vampire hierarchy. He holds power. He answers to the authority. He answers to the royals. He is very much someone who has a lot of pride in being a vampire and in what being a vampire means. He's not a bad person. He is definitely a vampire. Yes. His maker, the person who turned him from being a Viking um, prince. He was a king by that point. Parents were dead. A Viking king to being a vampire is a vampire called Godric, who had been a vampire for, I think, 2,000 years before that point. No, more than that. He'd been around for about the same amount of time as Ross Ledgington. Okay. So about 2,000 years. So he turned this king to a vampire. And Eric, it's um, completely loyal to an absolute like to the nth degree he is loyal to Godric although he keeps it very secret that they are yes connected because it can be quite a detrimental thing if people know who your maker is exactly yeah so um, Godric is younger looking Seems to have been turned when he was like a teenager or something like that. Um, He has markings on him which indicate that he's probably a member of some kind of tribe that uses ritual tattoos before he's become a vampire. Yeah, because he still has them, yeah. (laughs) Um, 
he is incredibly wise and in deference to most things you see vampire wise is incredibly pacifist he knows how powerful he is he knows that he can rip the shit out of everyone in any given room at any given point and yet he allows himself to be captured by this church of the sun Hmm. and they're going to actually introduce him to the sun and he was just going to let it happen and then you see him kill that like the army drill sergeant guy with one hand when they yeah. thought, when the, when they when they break the deal with him exactly <laughs> they've obviously agreed with him they won't do anything else to the rest of his group if he if he agrees to meet the sun mm-hmm. and then they capture suki and basically are going to start a war and he just breaks the guy's neck with like a flick of his wrist <laughs> I love that scene, though. Because really you've got this young guy, this you've heard about Godric, like through the whole series, yeah. but you haven't seen him, and then this fucking kid shows up and kills somebody in like the first five seconds with one flick of their fingers. It's like shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I expected when I when I pictured this character. Flick down hair, white clothes, he's got everything. Even even in his picking of Eric, he showed kind of honour to it. The reason he picked Eric is because Eric was already dying. Yeah. He was actually on his funeral pyre. And had been wounded in battle. And Godric had been watching the battle. And Eric had been the bravest fighter on the field by quite some distance. Yeah. And it's those reasons that made him turn... Because Eric was the first vampire that Godric had turned. So for 2,000 years, he mm. turned nobody. Because it's a big deal when a vampire becomes a maker. Yeah, it's basically so it's a choice that yeah, they don't take lightly. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a choice they do not take lightly. Exactly. So he's picked a person who he knows is going to be strong and valiant and all of these things. And also, he's not taking away a life from them. Yeah. He's giving them a life because they're already dying. And in fact, the other person who he turns into his progeny was also about to die. So the only times he becomes a maker is actually... Is actually to um, to save people who are at death's door, mm. who deserve more. Yeah. And I just, I like that as Godric, as the more you learn about Godric, because obviously he dies in season two. He chooses to meet the sun in season two, but you still find out more about him through Eric in later seasons. And um, they kind of they kind of name drop him throughout the seasons. Yeah, and he he appears a few times. Yeah, but great, like yeah. I say, twice in a three thousand year lifetime, he makes people, and on both occasions, it's people who are strong willed, have good natures, and who are already going to die. Yeah, he's not stealing any life from them. Yeah. They're at death's door before he does. Whereas you look at when Bill was made, he was tired, he was ill, he was trying to get home, but he wasn't dying. And Marina, his maker, just attacks him, and then leaves him with a choice of you're at death's door right now. You can either drink my blood and live forever, or die. Die when yeah, choice is yours. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how most vampires seem to do it. But, <laughs> but Godric, 
Godric was has never been seems to have been that way. Even when he's described as a badass killer, yeah. But he always seems to have had that moral code about how he makes other vampires. Yeah, it's always been a very considered decision. Yeah. Mm. Whereas Pam does it. Pam does it because she's asked to. Yeah. Doesn't want to do it. Has no desire to do it. Actually, turns out to be quite a good maker. I think in the end, but um, absolutely, yeah, she's a really good. But she has no. She does it actually because it's her one chance to get back on good terms with Eric. Yeah. Suki promises to put in a good word with Eric if she turns Tara into a vampire. So it's actually to please to please her maker that she does it, not because she wants to. And even with Eric. He's never turned anyone until Pam, and he only does it because she slits her own wrists to force the issue. Literally, yeah, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> he slightly different with his second progeny. He yeah. does that to prove a point. Yeah. <laughs> Selfish reasons, yeah. But still, it's just... I think it's interesting that although you see Eric as a bit of a bastard throughout the series at points, he does actually have a very similar moral compass to Godric. Hmm. In a lot of is that moral compass in a way, Godric. Yeah, he, Godric is the person he's followed through thick and thin. Yeah, and it's had a massive influence on him. He just has been away from him for a long time. Is probably why he's become a bit more of a dick. Yeah, he's evolved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, Rod- yeah, the only thing about Godric, though, the only thing I'd probably say about Godric is that I want to see a bit more of his that like, backstory. You know what I'm saying? Because of how he honors that, like, how he lacks his honor. Or he chooses victims a certain way he does. I want, I want yeah, to see the behind why he does the things that he does. I'll tell you what, I would love to see backstories for Godric, yeah. Talbot, yeah. Marina. Yeah. I'd love to know all of their backstories. Yeah. I'd Possibly love that. Nan Flanagan as well. I'd quite like to see her backstory. Yeah, because they said that she used to be nice when she was um, younger. When I mean, they said that, Bill said it about Nan. Yeah. So, they yeah. said it was a rumor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah rumor. Yeah. <laughs> Just one point. I mean, I've I've said this before. Stephen Moyer obviously plays uh, William Compton, who's a Louisiana vampire, mm. but is actually from London. In reality, Stephen mm. Moyer is actually, and that's why there's a scene in the beginning of season four set in London in 1981. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, where he's playing a punk rocker with a London accent <laughs> and they did that just because he because he has a London accent they went, oh, you know what we'll let you have it rock on dudes <laughs> come on let's go <laughs> oh, God. I just like the fact that they put that in there as well just like yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> Straight, I, was, I was like oh my god they're playing on that they? I, was, I was laughing the entire time <laughs> but like, yeah but the majority of the audience had no idea he was English yeah so... none of them knew the other thing I didn't realise about True Blood hmm. and I really should have done is Troy will remember me at some point fairly early on when we started doing Square Eyes talking about Six Feet Under Yes, I didn't realise the writer for True Blood was the writer of Six Feet Under <laughs> I didn't even know that I had no idea but I can see it yeah you can see it So if you like, remember me saying you should watch Six Feet Under Yes, if you yeah. like True Blood you're like six feet under. <laughs> That's how you say it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm, I'm now adding that to my recommendation. Of six right. Because <laughs> I hadn't realised it was the same writer. I knew I liked the style. I hadn't realised it was the same guy. I've always been drawn to that show, Six Feet Under, but I've never actually... That's the thing. 
Yeah. That's the only thing because that, that style looks kind of sick. Wait, I'd love to watch that, but I've never actually got into watching it. I tell you, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Watch it, watch it, watch it. This is not what we are talking about today. Is there anything no. else that we feel we need to bring up around this amazing vampire show? Oh, uh, see what else we are not talked about, really. Yeah, I've got, I've got something to talk about. Go, on. <laughs> Go for it. <clears throat> so we started this podcast with a particular tune, and I just want to give it the credit it's due. Jay Severett. Jay Severett, Bad Things. That's the theme tune to True Blood. That's what you see over the title credits. <laughs> it's um, from 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and it began really picking up after it was selected as theme song for True Blood. Yeah. Um, it was on the label Epic Nashville and is pretty much the most well-heard thing Jay Everett has done. But he's a really good musician. And if you want to go and check out anything else. I only have his album. Yeah, grab his album. I already have it. Those are the guy that comes ready. <laughs> Got it. Well, no, it's just because when I, when I, I, obviously, I liked the tune Bad Things, so I wondered who'd written it. Yeah. So I then went in research and I thought, you know, I think his album was on iTunes for like a fiver. And I'm like, well, sod it, I may as well download the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very, it's, it's not just bluesy, there's other stuff as well, but it's, it's got a really nice mix to it. And he's got such an interesting voice as well. Yeah, he's just a, he's a really good musician. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just on that point, I absolutely love the title sequence as well. Not just the music, but the whole... Yes, yes. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's the cycle of life. It's things dying, things being reborn. Mm-hmm. It's just a real... I, I love it, like the sped up thing of the maggots on the fox's head and stuff like that. It's just a really... It's just really... Also... It's a very rare thing that a show doesn't change its title sequence at all in a seven-season run. Yes, that's very true. Yes, you, you, yes, true. Really they true. got it right on day one, and they left it where it was. Yeah, they remixed the music or nothing. They didn't remix anything. Also, they didn't have to rely on keeping the same cast yes. because none of the cast appear in their entire credits. In the opening credits, not one member of the actual True Blood cast appears. Mm-hmm. So they don't rely on that or having to change it because a member of the cast retired or left or died or whatever. Yeah, it reminds me of um, Justified, the intro, because they don't show any <laughs> of the cast members. Simple yeah. Yeah. But, it's, but it is a very odd thing for those for it not to ever change. Yeah. I mean, even you take something like Frasier, which mm. kept a very similar thing, but did something different every single season. Yeah like a helicopter flying over it or green balloons or whatever the hell it was. There was always something a little bit different. Whereas True Blood, it was the exact same on episode one and episode 80. It was the same, the exact same thing played out and not shortened in any way. Exactly. Someone's popular. I know, yeah. yeah it's, just, it's, my, it's my alarm telling me to take my medication. I thought I told it to shut up, but it's coming back at me again. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> the 40, uh, the 40 is off, you 
before we start doing things to round up, there was one sort of niche esoteric thing I just wanted to bring up surrounding Godric just one more time. Go on. That idea that he had, that sort of, that nirvana that he'd reached kind of thing of being very peaceful and not wanting to even need to drink blood and being absolutely at peace with himself and with this sort of everything is kind of worthy and uh, there's no need for anger, no need for wrath or revenge or anything. Yeah. Yeah, be chilled. Yeah. It reminded me, like, one of the reasons I liked it was because it reminded me of something people who listen regularly will know. I'm a massive geek. And there's one game I played a while back with some friends called uh, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, where you play as being vampires. Yeah. And if you are into anything to do with tabletop role playing, I do recommend it. It is a fantastic <laughs> game, no matter which iteration of it you play. Okay. And in it, there's a thing called Golconda, which is kind of vampire nirvana. And it's basically that state that Godric completely inhabits. And it's this sort of, like, you don't need to conform to any of the baser vampire instincts. Yes. You can live your life on a higher plane and with higher understanding and as an infinite immortal of infinite wisdom. Yeah, I love that Kaito Godric. He just like perfected vampirism. It's almost like a perfect state. You know, when you see like a a character in a, a game or like even like an anime team. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, I've reached the pinnacle of being what I am. That's basically what Godric was. I'm beyond, I'm beyond everything. I was basically, I'm beyond everything. That's basically what he was. Yeah. I love it. It was, a, it was a higher being almost at that point. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. So the, I just wanted to bring that up because of the um, the similarity and what it made me think about. And also to say, anyone out there who is just everything vampire, they have lapped it all up. This might be something to try. And anyone out there who likes True Blood and Dungeons and Dragons, try this as well. <laughs> <laughs> The way Dan did that, that was a great, a great um, marketing. Very nice, very nice plug for. Yeah, it was nice. It was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> you mind with um, Eric at the end of True Blood. <laughs> marketing, marketing. <laughs> New Blood. Yeah, that is quite good. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else that we want to bring up before we drag this to a close? Uh, oh yes, um, the. Um, the actually the cars of the Yakuza. I'd love to bring that. <laughs> oh, them that Tokyo Drift tile cars. I loved it. I love that man. Yeah, that is quite. Cool. to rock up in style. I loved it. <laughs> Mr. I Gus. About the character of Mr. Gus. Mr. Gus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love his character. He's like a, a country Yakuza family member. I loved it. The whole yeah. dynamic <laughs> of all of that. I loved it. That was probably. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so fi- final thoughts are we would you uh, the show well to begin that while people are thinking about it just to say it did win at the 61st primetime Emmy Awards uh, outstanding casting for a drama right it received an American Film Institute award in 2009 as one of the 10 best TV programs and was chosen as favorite TV obsession at the 36th People's Choice Awards. Ooh, fair enough. 
Love it. Deserves all those awards. It deserves them for wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. It deserves every second. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it gets anywhere near as much recognition as, say, a Game of Thrones. Exactly. And it's the first show since The Sopranos to get the kind of numbers that The Sopranos got on HBO, but it's not held in anywhere near the same regard. My regard, no. And it should. Anna Paquin also won a Satellite Award, and Stephen Mm -hmm. Moyer won a Saturn Award for Best Actress and Best Actor, respectively. Utterly deserved. Yeah. Mm But yeah, no, it's it's an amazing show. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's for something for a thing that was so big. It's almost like a hidden gem. Weirdly, I feel like we're talking yeah, about something yeah. that not as many people know as they should. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's oh, weird because if you go if you go to New York, the HBO shop, they've got shitloads of True Blood merchandise, including you can buy t- bottles of True Blood from the HBO store. Weird. <laughs> Oh my god, that is just crazy. It does quite specifically state on it, do not drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it, man. It's HBO show at its finest right there. This is this is true blood, Joe. Too good. Too good. That's where I got my wire t-shirt from was the HBO store in New York. Jealous. <laughs> Very jealous. Well, I was. Well, you've seen the one. It's the one of Omar with just the word yeah. "need" written across it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I love you. So yeah. So, any final thoughts, or shall we wrap it up there, boys? Ah, uh, good. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I think I need to go get some. Um, one part B negative, two parts O negative. <laughs> Fair enough. Have fun with that. I'm mainstreaming. <laughs> and on that thank note, <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Have a happy Halloween. And we will be back next week with a normal run of the mill Square Eye Syndrome podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, people. Bye for me. Bye for me. Good night.